No matter how much we know or think we know about God and His Word, there is always more. Today on Always More, Rebecca Keener discusses how the Holy Spirit is relevant to our everyday lives. He is the one who is our comforter in times of need and gives us the power to live a victorious life. Now, here's Rebecca. Well, hello everybody and welcome to Always More TV. I'm Rebecca Keener. And this week we have back with us a very special guest, our pastor, Dr. David Cooper, who is the pastor of Mount Perrin Church right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you so much for being with us these last four, four weeks today. My pleasure. It's been wonderful teaching on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I hope all of you have been able to tune in to this wonderful teaching from Dr. Cooper, who doesn't use a note. <laughs> he just is able just to, he's a walking Bible in many ways. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. For I don't that. think I am, but thank you. Well, that's a benefit. <laughs> well, it's been a blessing. It really has. You can go back on our YouTube channel and you can catch up on all the uh, topics in the programs that he's taught on. And I know that you will be blessed. So today we're gonna be talking about the Holy Spirit at work in our world today and all the things that are happening in our world today where does the holy spirit fit in to all the things that we we see in here so i know that this is going to touch you and encourage you in a great way let's have a word of prayer we'll get right into our our lesson father in jesus name we thank you today we thank you for your powerful holy spirit we thank you father that you are with us and that you are in us and that you are giving us the strength to live in this day and that you have ordained us for such a time as this and to be empowered by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for Dr. Cooper who has come to teach us and take time out of his schedule to share with all of us. And I pray that our friends at home will be blessed in an amazing way as he teaches. Amen. Take it away. Today we're gonna to talk about the Holy Spirit in the world today. We're going to talk about historical events, what's taking place in our world. The first great truth of the Bible that we should understand about God at work in the world is that God is sovereign over history. Now, the word sovereign does not mean that God controls everything in your life. That's a misunderstanding. The word sovereign is the same word for a king or a queen, somebody in power, the ultimate authority. So the sovereignty of God means that God created the world, he watches over the world. He guides the course of history toward the fulfillment of his plan. Doesn't mean that he causes everything in the world because he's given us the freedom of choice. But God sets boundaries. Even in our freedom of choice, he limits humanity to make sure that history ultimately leads toward the fulfillment of his purpose. Now, the Bible tells us what God's ultimate goal in history is and where all of history is headed. In Ephesians 1, verse 9 to 11, Paul the Apostles tells us that God has made known to us the mystery of His will to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, which means at the end of human history, to bring all things together in heaven and on earth under one head, even Christ. So history is headed toward the second coming of Christ the establishment of the kingdom of God. And at the end of time, the Bible says in Revelation 21, verse 5, that God makes all things new. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. It tells us that in Isaiah 65, verse 17, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13, and Revelation 21, verse 1. So don't be afraid of the world falling under some 
communist dictatorship. Don't be afraid of climate change and global warming. We should take care of the climate. We should take care of the earth, but God controls. The climate is not going to disintegrate. The earth is not going to disintegrate. God will make sure of that. He maintains the earth. We should do our part. Don't be afraid of a nuclear war. Politicians today have used the term World War III. I've never heard that in my entire life. I'm sure you haven't. Who uses the term World War III? And yet in the last few weeks because of the war in Ukraine, politicians have used that term and people are very alarmed yeah. about nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. Right now, seven countries in the world have nuclear weapons, but those seven are very deadly. But the world's not going to end in a nuclear holocaust. Mm -hmm. You see, God is sovereign. Even in the sinfulness of humanity and the wickedness, sometimes you see the war. That, look what goes on in the world because of human sin, the problems caused in the world. And yet God in His grace still sets boundaries, governs it. He brings an end at times to, to evil. Now think about Adolf Hitler. He met his abrupt end, the tyranny of the Roman Empire. Notice that these dictators always at the end, they kind of get taken down and things return to a state of, of, of an equilibrium. That's the sovereignty of God. The Bible says in Psalm 103, verse 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all, over all. So when you look at world events, it's chaos down here where we are. But if you get up to heaven and look down, you realize God's got his hand on it. He's not causing everything. He sets limits. He's ultimately guiding it toward the fulfillment of his purpose when Christ returns again. And that should give us a great sense of hope to realize that God is ultimately in charge of the outcome of world history. Now, God works in the world. God's action is in the world. And then we who know Christ as our Savior, He sends us into the world as His ambassadors to preach the gospel. The gospel of Christ is a gospel of hope. And people today need hope more than anything. They need hope for their souls, Amen. hope for life after death, hope, they believe that, that things can get better. Yes. Well, that comes from the gospel. You know, Colossians 1 and 27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. When Christ is in your life, you look at life from a perspective of hope, not hopelessness. Jesus said, God so loved the world. You know this statement. God, Jesus said this in a conversation a man wanted to know how he could be born again. God so loved the world. When you look at everything in the world today, the people in the world, the problems in the world, always remember that. God doesn't hate the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you've never heard that, that's the greatest statement you'll ever hear in Amen. your life. Yeah. And God loves the world so much that he sends us who know Christ as Savior into the world. Our work takes place in the world as Christians. Our worship takes place in the church, but our work takes place in the world. In his parable of the weeds in Matthew 13, he described the seed growing, the wheat and the tares, but he makes a statement that when he explained the parable about the field, the field is the world. And you and I do the work of Christ in the world. So just as God loved the world and sent his son, we should love the world. We should have a deep compassion for people. Now, when we go and share the gospel and we teach the word of God, we don't try to conform to culture. We're not here to conform to culture. Culture is fallen. Human culture 
That word can be defined a lot of different ways. And it moves and shifts over time. But culture is lost. The last thing we want to follow is culture. It's led by people who are blind. The blind lead the blind, Jesus said, both fall into the... We're not here to conform to culture. We're not here to accommodate culture. We're here to care about people today who are misguided by the culture and bring Christ. We're following Christ, not culture. I was asked by a pastor recently in a pastor's forum, does the church need to be relevant? Do we need to make Jesus relevant? I said, no, Jesus is relevant. Yes. The gospel is always relevant. That doesn't make the church relevant. The church is the most re- Now we can obviously make our art and architecture look modern, which we should do in, in anything in life. But Christ is relevant. Jesus is timeless. We're here not to like make Jesus conform. We're not here to re-image Jesus, to make him like a cultural Christ. We're here to present Christ to the world. He's the only one who can save them. There are many religions in the world, but there's only one Savior. And we've been given the task to love the world and to take Christ to the world. And Jesus said, when we share the gospel with the world, don't change it, don't compromise it, don't modify it, don't try to adopt it, don't try to, quote, make it relevant. It is relevant. It's true. Truth is always relevant. It's transformative. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will go to work through your ministry. Now, in John chapter 16, verse 8, he said, It is necessary for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter or the counsel of the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he has come, the Holy Spirit, he will convince the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. That's Satan. He was condemned at the cross. He lost his power over humanity. So when you and I share Christ, when we teach the Word of God, when we help the poor in Jesus' name, not random acts of kindness, intentional acts of kindness in the name of Jesus, the Spirit, you could could translate the word convict, like the conscience convicted of sin, but it also means to convince the mind that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what the world needs. The world needs to hear the gospel of hope and the Spirit of God will convict people of their sin. Now, this generation has lost any knowledge of sin. It's not politically correct to talk about sin. But you can change all the cultural language you want to change, but people in their hearts know right from wrong. And we can try to ignore our conscience, but people have a conscience. And we all need, the gospel reminds us of our sin, that we're sinners. And that's why we need Christ. He came for sinners, 1 Timothy 1 and 15. Here's the trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, Paul said, of whom I'm the worst. So the Holy Spirit at work in the world works through the church. Now, if the church doesn't preach the gospel, the Holy Spirit has nothing to anoint. The Holy Spirit's not going to anoint some new message we come up with. Right. Trying to be cute. Mm -hmm. Trying to tell the world some watered down. There's no power Mm. in changing the gospel. Amen. Romans 1 and 16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I've been ashamed of a lot of things. I'm not ashamed of Christ. Amen. I'm not ashamed of the good news. It is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. And when you and I share the gospel with our family, our friends, through this ministry here, through the media that we're all involved in, the Holy Spirit anoints the gospel. He convicts people of their sin and their need of Christ. He convinces them that Jesus is the Savior. 
And that's how we're led to Christ, for the inner conviction and convincing of the Holy Spirit. Mm. He is very much at work in the world. Now, these world events, people say the world has never been as bad as it is now. I doubt that. Mm. I mean, the world was once flooded. <laughs> Early in human history, there weren't even many people alive then. In Genesis 6, it says God's heart was filled with pain. Mm. When he saw that every inclination of men's hearts was on evil continually and violence filled the earth. It says it twice in Genesis 6 in the flood narrative. Yeah. Violence filled the earth. I mean, people were exterminating themselves. So that was pretty bad. The world has always seen bad times, hard times. In the middle of all of this chaos going on, it's important to remember your mission. Your mission is to preach Christ, to offer hope, to share the Word of God, to pray for people, to give them spiritual hope Christ is coming again. God is in control. You can be a tremendous minister of hope. And when you're a minister to your family and your friends through the church, through the gospel, that's what the Holy Spirit will anoint and empower you to do it. And the Holy Spirit works in the world to convince the world of Christ and to lead them to the foot of the cross to receive Christ as their Savior. And the Holy Spirit will empower us. We've been talking about the power of the Spirit. You say, how are we going to get through the times? God gives us the power to endure. We've lived through a pandemic. I mean, we closed churches. Yeah. Our own church that I pastor were closed five straight months. If you could, if you had asked me before, you think you can shut this mega church down for five months and still have a church? I would have said that's impossible. Mm. Wow. And yet the church survived it, yeah. and we found new ways. We built media ministry. We gave. We helped. I mean, it was amazing what took place mm. because of the spirit of the living God. God's not going to abandon us in this world. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Keep your faith focused upon Jesus. But if you'll remember that God is in charge, and you'll have a lot more faith than you will fear. In the book of Revelation, which frightens a lot of people, but it's not written to frighten us, there are, it's a book of symbols. You probably know that if you've read it or heard anything about it. You've got the number 7, number 12. You've got all these images, these beasts, these creatures, these storms. The number one symbol mentioned more than anything else is the throne of God. You'll free, read that phrase, the throne of God, 45 times in the book of Revelation. It's what I quoted in Psalms. God is on the throne. God reigns. In other words, is what that picture means. God's in control. And the Holy Spirit will give you that confidence. But the main work of the Spirit is in the church to lift up Christ to this generation. Amen. Powerful word. What an encouraging word for this time that we're living yes. in. If you watch five minutes of the news, you say, oh my goodness, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And I know one well, I thing... I think that the liberal, if you watch liberal news, they're kind of like, my, my take on all these outlets is, you're going to feel anxious. They're going to frighten you. If you yeah. watch conservative news, you're going to be angry. You're ready to go, you know, yeah. fight something and take up a cause. So, <laughs> but those are the two most toxic emotions. That's what's uh, mm. causing such health, mental health problems right now, such heightened state, especially for our kids, of anxiety and anger. Mm-hmm. And neither one of those emotions are healthy for us if sustained at the levels they are. But if you, if you remember that God is, reigns on the throne of heaven, it is chaotic down here. And none of us like the problems. But 
we're going to get through this. Amen. And we have a ministry to do and a message to proclaim and a mission to fulfill, even in the midst of these times. And when times are hard, sometimes people are more, more open to hearing the gospel and the yeah. word of God and really looking for spiritual help. Amen. We found that to be true with this program. So yes. many new friends that we've made. Maybe you weren't in church and you started watching online or watching on television. And what a blessing that's yes. been to share the word. I was thinking about the scriptures in um, Joel chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2 where um, it says that in the last days God will pour out His Spirit upon right. all flesh. Let's talk about that a moment and just looking at what is happening now in our earth today and you know, some might say, well, I'm still waiting to see the Lord pour out his spirit. But how do, how do you respond to that? Well, Peter, you know, the apostle Peter in explaining what happened at Pentecost said, this is the fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your people see dreams and visions, even upon the most common people. He said, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. And so the last days is the church age, and God is always pouring out His Spirit. And I think people, when they say, I'm waiting, I think they have misconceptions. I mean, you're waiting for what, for example? People, it's not for us to have some conception of what we think the outpouring of the Spirit ought to look like. Mm -hmm. God is pouring out His Spirit. It's good. It's important for us to see that. we got God to perceive is, it. God is moving by His Spirit mm -hmm. in the world and in people's lives. I, I've heard people that are very ecclesiastical or the kind of just churchy people, they kind of think of some glory day, maybe where they were some revival or had some emotional experience. That, that's not the outpouring of the Spirit. This is a prophetic promise. This is a factual reality. God is pouring out His Spirit. God's Spirit is moving and working. And the more that you and I will obey the gospel and the commission to preach the gospel, we'll see the evidence of the Spirit as He anoints and confirms the word preached. The Bible says in Mark 16 to 20, the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord went with them, confirming His word with signs following. If you want to see the signs, commit yourself to active ministry in preaching the gospel and helping people in need. God confirms the gospel. That's where the action of the Holy Spirit is to be found. That's good. And those two scriptures, Joel 2 and Acts 2, talks about your sons and daughters will prophesy, old men will... Tell me if I'm saying this wrong. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. Is that correct? Yeah, but it's 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 a way. Well, if you look at the whole thing, it's everybody. Yeah, sons, daughters. Mm -hmm. He mentions handmaidens and servants, old and new. It's, mm -hmm. it's not about old men versus new young men. It's about everybody, regardless of your age, regardless of your gender, male and female, sons and daughters. The point is, God is going to pour His spirit on everyone. That's the whole point. I don't know why people pick that apart as if. You know, some of the Abraham had a vision when he was 90 years old. Wow, that's a good. And word. God said, "I'm going to make you a, a great nation and a great name. You're going to be blessed." Yeah. All. He was 90 years old. Yep, he showed him. It the was 100 when, the, when, right? Yeah. 90. So it's not. I mean, Moses was 80 when he led the people out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. It's not about. It's it's the like regardless of your age, regardless of your season, regardless of whether you're male or female, regardless of your in charge of something, and you're just kind of the lower level worker. I'm pouring out my spirit, God says, on everyone. Every And that's important. Everybody is involved in ministry. Every Christian is called to serve under the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love that. You you are such a good encourager in that way of, of you know, those of us who attend your church. That Our are, church. Uh, yes, our church. The ministry is outward. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Everybody has a part to play in the symphony of God. Amen. 
Um, when you look at what we've been through with COVID and you spoke about a couple of things, that you, how you saw the Holy Spirit working for us to continue as a church, what are some other ways you've seen the Holy Spirit work through um, this pandemic? I see one of the most important things that the Spirit of God is saying to us today is found in 1 Timothy 4.1. The Spirit speaks clearly that in the latter times, mm. some will depart from the faith. Mm and they'll listen to seducing spirits and things taught by demons. Now, we've heard here, and Rebecca quoted it, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit. Now, Paul the Apostle says, in the latter times. Mm -hmm. So the last days is the church age leading up to the second coming of Christ. But the end of the last days is the latter times. And he says something unusual is going to happen. People are going to abandon their faith. That doesn't mean that every Christian is going to lose their faith, but it means you take this country, for example, that had a strong influence of the Christian faith. I'm not saying everything in American history is Christian, far be it. But people almost abandoning the church. Oh, we don't need the church anymore. We don't need religion. There's even a growing movement of atheism. Not many people are atheists, but there's a growing movement of atheism. In America, for example, mm -hmm. the, the, the percentage of people that claim to be Christian or, or say I'm a belong to a Christian church, that percentage is dropping. People are abandoning the faith. We're getting more secular. They'll follow deceiving spirits. The things taught by demons, think about that. Mm. Teachings that are even inspired from a demonic level. You'll see some of that in this country as well as, you see things that are taught that are very diabolical. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. That's what we're warned about, is that we need to be anchored in our faith, not misled by the culture. And it's very important for our kids. Mm -hmm. Social media is not the disciple maker of mm. our kids. It's good. We cannot allow the world, the world is lost. We're there to help redeem people. Yeah. The last voice we want to be listening to is the world. Mm -hmm. Romans 12 and 1, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. So the last voice we need to be shaping the church and our thinking and our kids is the culture. It's lost. It needs us to go back and say, no, hey, there's a better way. There's a higher way. Paul said of the Christian faith in 1 Corinthians 13, I show you a more excellent way. In the Greek, the most excellent way to live is when you devote your life to Christ and follow Him. So Amen. we need to be helping people today not to abandon the faith and the need of faith, and certainly not allowing ourselves to be following seducing spirits that mislead us from our devotion to Christ, but Amen. to be very faithful and devoted to Jesus. We need to be drawing our knowledge from the Word of God, not from the world. Mm -hmm. The world is falling. The world of God is standing firm. Amen. You know, when you think about what's happening over in Ukraine right now and just a war-torn country, and there are others in the yes. world today that are war-torn as well. That's just the one that we see the most on the news. How do you see the Holy Spirit being poured out over those people and what they're going well, that, through? That's just a catastrophe. Plight? But, uh, you know, Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, he says, wars and desolations will continue to the end. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 7, you'll hear wars and rumors of wars. See mm -hmm. that you're not alarmed. You know, the last great war will be Armageddon when Christ returns again. Mm. The most important thing that goes on in a war area is the efforts of the church to help people in need and to help them with their physical needs, their financial needs, but to strengthen those churches there. There are pastors in every one of these countries mm -hmm. and there are churches there. Yeah. They need our help. They need our assistance. And I've heard great testimonies, and you, you may have heard some too, of people praying, people worshiping. Yeah. Those Christians in those nations are strong, and they're rising up to this challenge right now. Amen. They're committed to preaching the gospel and to, to being world changers, even in the middle of war. Amen. And may I say to our friends at home, we 
have the opportunity, we've been presented to take Always More TV to uh, a station in Ukraine and in Russia. That's great. So something we're praying about, and if our friends at home would do that as well, pray. And also if the Lord leads you to be a part of that in some way and help us to uh, support that that project, we would really appreciate that. So uh, something that we're praying about, but you know, he sends his word. And, yes. he, and the word yes. is what heals us, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. That's why it's so important for us to um, maintain our place in the airwaves, you know, and not just Absolutely. entirely give over the airwaves to secular media. No, uh, we should yeah. be having more and more and more. This is how we reach the world. Amen. Um, speak to that a little bit and how media, the Lord is, the Holy Spirit has used media um, in what you're doing. Well, that's one of the great signs of end time prophecy because Jesus did talk about wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes and pestilences. But the last great sign in Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Mm. Now the word end there in the Greek means the goal is going to be reached. So don't think of the end of the world as an annihilation of the world. The Bible does not teach the annihilation of the world, the planet. The end means the end game, the goal, the outcome of history, which is the return of Christ. So it is only through media that we have the power to preach to the whole world. There's seven billion people and growing. Mm. And you couldn't build enough church buildings. To, I mean, we need, a church, we need church buildings. Everybody needs to go to church. Amen. But uh, people, we're able to reach people through media, through technology. Some people right here in Atlanta physically can't go to church. Mm-hmm. Well, we're taking Mount Perry to them. And not everybody can go all around the world. You can underwrite media ministry and hear the gospel preached all over the world today. So... Looking at media ministry, I think, is a way that we're all a part of end-time fulfillment of prophecy, of the good news of the kingdom going to all the world. Amen. And you do that well at mountperrin.com if you all want to check out our church and check out Dr. Cooper's ministry. And you can go back and listen to the wonderful music of the choir, the best choir on the face of the earth, in our humble opinion. And also Dr. Cooper's messages, they're just very, thank very you. powerful. So thank you for what you're doing in media and just shining the light of Jesus Christ in some very desperate times. We need it more and more, yes, don't what we're we? called to, yes. Amen. And I wanted you to mention pandemic this politics book, and prophecy. I wrote this little book uh, yeah. toward the end of 2020, the pandemic year. I guess we're still in it. We're getting out of it, thank the Lord. Amen. Pandemic politics and prophecy. And I just talked about... It's basically an overview, if you want to know about Bible prophecy and end-time prophecy, you know, kind of what's going to happen in a kind of a simple, quick, easy way to understand. But I've talked about some of the things going on in the world today because those are alluded to in Scripture. And I mentioned a couple of them today as well to you and kind of put together where we are and some of the things we're seeing. And if you say, well, the world's always had these problems. Yes, but it's never had them on a global scale. And that's what's prophetic. Because the Bible talks about the whole world. And this is the first time in human history that the whole world has ever had a pandemic together. Mm, So now we've moved into globalism. And that is a direct fulfillment of what Jesus was talking about when he talked about the last days. Mm, So good. Pandemics, politics, and prophecy. You can check out all of Dr. Cooper's books and his CDs because he is... Are you considered a classical guitarist? I was trained in jazz, and I do also play classical guitar as well as rock and roll, which is still my favorite. And uh, I write songs, singer-songwriter stuff, and uh, worship music. 
Yeah. And and so forth. And Wonderful. I do guitar instrumental albums, several guitar instrumental albums as well. That's awesome. And he is also a guest on Atlanta Live here frequently and comes and plays. So you have to check that out as well, WATC.TV. And well, with my partner, Tony says my musical partner, he's a tremendous musician. He so. is indeed. He is. Thank you. It's been such a wonderful time sharing the word with you and talking about the Holy Spirit, my favorite person it's on the face honor. of the earth, the Thank Holy you. Spirit. And I hope you've enjoyed it, too. We love you. God loves you. Give your life to Jesus Christ and he will be the best life ever. And we'll see you next time on Always More. This program is brought to you by Heritage Christian Fellowship Incorporated and faithful friends like you. Your tax-deductible donation to Heritage Christian Fellowship Incorporated, founded 1974, will be used to support this program. To find out more about how you can be a part of sending the gospel through Always More, contact us at alwaysmoretv.org.